Welcome to Raising the Flipping Bar, the go-to podcast for aspiring and seasoned real estate investors. I'm your host, Derek Marlin, and I'm the CEO of Elevation. We're a real estate investment company based right here in Denver, Colorado. We'll dive into smart investment strategies, market insights, and essential tips for scaling your real estate ventures. Whether you're making your first investment or your hundredth investment, this podcast is your blueprint for success in the ever-evolving world of real estate investing. Get ready to elevate your real estate game and begin your journey with me. Welcome back to Raising the Flipping Bar. I'm your host, Derek Marlin, and I'm really excited to have you guys here with us for 2024. And there's really two big reasons why I'm excited to have you back. The first one is being able to really just get you back into telling you everything about the good and the bad, the down and the dirty, everything to do with real estate investing. The second thing is I really enjoyed making deeper connections with everybody that I interviewed. And I'm very excited to do that here coming up with you guys in the, the next season. In launching season three, what we did is we actually took a look at our five most downloaded, which we would assume are the most popular and the areas of most interest of all of our different episodes. And we're going to do a quick little recap. And before we get into that, the other great thing is that a couple of our episodes had information from 2023 and we hadn't closed out those deals. So we're going to recap those deals. We're going to firm up those numbers. And that'll be a really great kind of litmus test for what we thought was going to happen. And then obviously, which actually happened. So I'm going to put on my best Ryan Seacrest hat. We're going to do the countdown. We're going to go from five to one. For those of you, I'm going to date myself. Maybe it's a Casey Kasem type of old school radio countdown. So don't judge me for being old references, but let's get into it. Let's jump into number five. And what that is, it's an episode that I recorded with Dan Fortune and it was from season two. And what I loved about this episode is Dan talks about finding mentors and we really dove in about providing value, whether you're an inexperienced real estate investor or whether you've got tons of experience, you have to provide value to that person. The other thing is he talked about the market tightening and really correcting in third and fourth quarter of 2023. And then now what the result is in 2024. We're in the first quarter of 2024. And so this will be just a great recap and it'll really help prove out our investment thesis of what we thought was going to happen and then what actually happened. I just think you'll get a ton of value from Dan's episode because he is a rock star when it comes to being an investor, being a team lead of a very successful team here in Denver, being a great real estate agent, and overall, just a badass guy in general. He is a great father, a great husband, and a person who just gives back. We know that was 100% true. He looked at it as a great way to help scale your business, and it's a huge opportunity for those that were willing to thrive. So we'll dive into that. And then the other thing is his insights are very unique and very different. I'm just a person I admire and somebody hopefully you'll get a ton of value with. So that's number five. Take a listen and hopefully you get tons of value out of it. Working with someone that knows what they're doing if you're new, like a mentor slash like what your team does, that is key. It will cover a multitude of sins and your rate of learning will be so much faster and you're not learning lessons, like you're not experiencing them yourselves, yep. making mistakes that you don't need to make if you just work with someone that knows what they're doing. Yep. So I just, I run into that all the time. Someone with a proven track record, act like what we said, ask them, what have you done? Yeah. Right? If they sit down with you and they ask you what you've done, you can show them a portfolio of a lot of success yeah. and that's what you need. Money is so important and I don't mean money necessarily that you have it, but how to get it. Yes. Like you need access to funds. So 
I do a lot from a lending perspective. I'm one of the rare ones that has my real estate and my lending license. Right. If you're an agent out there, I work with agents on getting licensed so that you can legally get paid for your loans and helping your clients. So it's called dual. Reach out to me if you're interested in that. So that's it. The money part is very important and knowing how to navigate that. Like we talked about earlier, like yeah. I did it wrong at the beginning and it really slowed down my investment portfolio and I didn't need to do it wrong if I just had somebody that knew what they were doing. So I think that's the big thing. Yeah. Those are two great takeaways. So now let's go to number four on our countdown. It is my friend and also business consultant, Doug Slaybaugh with the CPA coach. And the cool thing about Doug is he actually did two specific episodes in different seasons. And there's a common theme and it's a theme that we're going to continue throughout 2024. And that is working on your business versus working in your business. One of my favorite books and the first books that I read when I was helping launch this business is called The E-Myth by Michael Gerber. So think big picture stuff versus just your day to-do list and your checklist. Doug also talks about having the entrepreneurial mindset. And to me, that's such a key to success in this business. Something that I've been thinking about lately is things actually aren't as good as it seems, or maybe they might not be for as long as you think but they're also not as bad as it seems. And so if you can live somewhere in the middle, just don't let that get you down either too high or too low. The other thing is the shiny object syndrome. For investors, especially people that are visionaries in their business, that's something that can totally get you off track. Be careful of shiny object syndrome and compartmentalize when you think you should charge ahead on something and when it's maybe good to put a pin in it and just wait for later. If you can get out there and do whatever, 60 to 120 minutes early in the morning and then go work out and then show up at the office at wherever at 10 o'clock. I think most people would say, well, why the hell is Doug rolling in at 10 o'clock? But if you got more done in 60, 90, 120 minutes of your one thing and you just stack that for five days, like you're going to be so much further off. Again, <laughs> simple, or excuse me, easy, simple, but not easy, but not simple. I don't know. I know I can tell you and I don't want to tell you, but I, it's a lot how many people I've worked with in time management mm -hmm. and I'm talking to them I'm like, so what are you working on? What are you doing? How are you trying to manage your time? They're like, well, I wake up at seven or seven 30. Like, yeah. Who? What? Yeah. Sorry. Listen, yeah. I get that, but there's a reason why in a marathon you want to be in the front of the line. Yes. Better chance of winning the race. There you go. You got to get out early. You got to get out ahead. And if you stay there, you will stay ahead. Yeah. But if you start in the back of the pack, if your day starts two hours, three hours later than everyone else. Yeah. Like, where are you going to end up? Yep. Well, and I'm not going to say you're going to lose, mm -hmm. but you're probably not going to be as far ahead as you'd like to be. Yeah. And so I, it's stupid. And I feel like, I feel like an old man saying it, but like the simplest time management tool is wake up earlier. Yeah. Use your time better. Go to bed earlier if you have to. Yep. Stop Netflixing and, and whatever else you're doing. Okay. Well, I know we need to move on. No, no, you're good. And the, you're right. And not jumping an email. For the next 30 days, if you work any day, it has to include something that is on your business that is intentional, mm -hmm. that is using a growth mindset so that you are becoming more than you were before. Yeah. And if you do that for 30 days and it doesn't work, then call me. Figure okay. it out. Okay. I like it. That would be a good tool. We should do that. Like that lead magnet of, hey, what are 30 things to do to get you out of that rut? Yeah, right. I mean, because, yeah, I mean, just reset writing, the clock. The power of writing and journaling is becoming a lost art. True. There's a book out there called Think and Grow Rich. Oh, yeah. Which supposedly yeah, gives classic. you a secret on how you're going to get rich. Yep. All it is at the end of the day is you wake up in the morning, you say, I'm going to have this much money by the time I'm this old, mm -hmm. and I'm going to be blah, blah, blah. And then every night you write the same thing. I'm going to be have this much money when I'm this old. And you do that every single day. Yeah. That's the secret, right. supposedly, yeah. to, to thinking <laughs> right. and growing rich. But it is that exercise that yeah. puts you in the mindset of, yeah. I am going to do this. Yeah. And after you repeat that over and over again, 
guess what fucking happens? Yeah. It starts to show up. Yes. It starts to be in there in ways. And like all of a sudden you're like, you know, I am going to be rich and I am going to do some things. Yeah. And rich is relative term yeah, to whoever yeah. you're talking to, mm-hmm. but I'm going to do some things in this arena with this mindset so that I have more than I have now. Yeah. And I'm no longer living in those obstacles. Totally. And surrounding yourself with the people that are going to do that too. I think that's, I hear a that's tough the thing. second best thing to do about it's, getting yeah. rich is to hang out with rich people. Yeah. Let's look at season where I should say my favorite episode number three on the list. So number three on their list is a episode from season two and it's from our friends and colleagues, Jesse and Rachel. And the cool thing about this is this one is an episode that's near and dear to my heart for a bunch of different reasons. The first one is the evolution of this great husband and wife couple in that Jesse, the husband, took our Elevation Academy. Both he and Rachel then dove in with us, even though they were still working in their jobs, and we did an amazing partnership flip with them. That was probably one of our top three most profitable projects yet to date. So we cleared almost 200 grand in net profit together. And then of course we split that. But then for them, they actually quit their full-time engineering jobs and became full-time investors. And now we are super proud to have Rachel on the Elevation real estate team. So she went out and got her license. She hangs her license with our team at at Elevation. And she's an integral part of what we're doing and running her own business with Jesse. and, And they're doing a phenomenal job. You'll also really get a deep dive into kind of some of the crazy world that we live in with creative problem solving, which is our company value and one of our main company missions. And you probably haven't heard this much before, but grandma trashing a house. So I'm not going to spoil it, but dive into that episode because we had this sweet old grandma and she freaking trashed this house on the way out. So keep those security deposits handy because sometimes even grandma will take you for a ride. Tell me a little bit about your current numbers of where you guys are at. That's right. To date, we've done six flips. We are working on our first new development project. So a house that we bought, we completely demoed. It's demoed right now. And we're planning to build a big single family house on in Edgewater. So that's project number seven. That's number seven. seven. So we have six flips under our belt. One flip turned rental. Yes. Yep. Okay. We're going to talk about that too. I really love how you guys pivoted. We were all pivoting and figuring out what was going yeah. on with yeah. the market coming out of 2022. So yeah, if we dive into that. Okay. Yeah. So six into seven flips mm-hmm. rental. And the cool thing about it is that we met at the first Academy. No, it wasn't my first. It was our third Academy mm-hmm. in November, I want to say. Yeah, yeah. And then you guys took that. And then the way we got into this partnership flip was that you took that academy and it was maybe only two months later, I think, that you guys were calling us saying, yeah. hey, I think we've got a pretty good deal. Help me remind myself of yeah. that timeline of how we got to know each other and then we'll fast forward. to it. Yeah, so that's right. The academy was November 2020. Yep. This deal came across our inbox December 2020. So a couple of weeks, a couple of weeks after. And yeah, we reached back out and it was an excellent opportunity to partner with somebody like you and learn. And we were still working full time. We had a project that we were working on. We just didn't have the the resources or the time to do this one on our own. And it was just the perfect, perfect opportunity to partner with you. And it was a Um, massive project. It was, yeah. 5,000 square feet, seven bed, four bath, pool. Cool. Yeah, this but thing we, was Basically, was Jesse could not stop thinking about this project. This, <laughs> yeah. this house came into yeah. his email via wholesaler, and he did not sleep for two days. <laughs> and yeah. he was like, we have to do this, Rachel. And I was like, Jesse, this project is massive. We don't have the time. We don't have the resources. Yeah. I don't know how we're going to do this. And he yeah. was like, we have to figure it out. 
And I was like, okay, let's figure it out. And he was brainstorming. And this was shortly after he attended the academy Mm -hmm. and was like, I'm going to reach out to Derek and I'm going to see what he thinks about this. And then we had you over to the house and the rest rest is history. history. (laughs) I know. And that's something that I want to frame for our audience too, of how this partnership flip thing works. And I think a lot of people, the thing that I love having you guys here talking about is that People always say, what are you doing? You're training your competition. So if we think back is you sat through nine hours of intensive training and Rachel, we will have you sit through nine hours if you <laughs> want to come back to one soon mm-hmm. of teaching like every step of our system. And then the you guys are the poster children for people that we want to work with of you're out then finding a deal. And then we partnered on a deal and now we've done a handful of deals together. So we're going to take a quick break and tell you about the next Elevation Academy. If you're looking to dive deep into real estate investing, this is definitely the event for you. Our academy features over a hundred step process to help you navigate every single thing from market analysis all the way down to every aspect of project management. So this is tailored for both beginners and seasoned investors. And our one day intensive training will equip you with the strategies and insights needed to elevate your real estate investing game. Spots are definitely limited. So click on the link below in the show notes to sign up and transform your approach to real estate investment. Okay, let's get back to the episode. Okay, so now looking at number two on the list, and that is the deal analysis of a partnership flip that we did in Parker, Colorado. The cool thing about this one is it's a great story. Again, one of our company missions is being creative problem solvers. And so this was a unique opportunity because it was brought to us by one of our real estate agents. Her name is Brandy. She's also now on Team Elevation, which is awesome. And what she was able to do was take a personal relationship with two brothers that unfortunately mom and dad had passed away. They had this property for almost a year and they were not able to, I think, emotionally move past what they needed to do to sell the property. And it wasn't in the current condition where you could just throw it on the market. This is the one where I mentioned that we recorded the episode with not knowing the results. And so I can share on these results. You can go back and listen, but we were able to list the property for $25,000 more than we anticipated. And we did uh, overall about a $10,000 price concession. So we were still able to make our clients or make us in this partnership flip scenario, 15 grand more than we were anticipating. So we split just under a hundred thousand dollar net profit in under three months. And more importantly, we were able to help this family The cool thing about this is Brandy was able to essentially triple dip from a revenue perspective. So she was able to earn a commission for bringing the deal to the table, which we always are happy to pay. She then earned a commission selling the property when it was super fixed up for about 250 grand more. Simple math. She's doing well there. And then because she's such a good agent, she's able to take care of this family. They then wanted to, one of the brothers wanted to buy their own new property. So she then found them a home within a four-month time span. So it's a cool, truly win-win type of scenario. And that's why it ranks as number two on my list. So instead of having to pay, they felt it was a fair trade for essentially keeping the stuff that they wanted to keep. Maybe they sold a few things, but my clients didn't have to come out of pocket four grand and spend all this extra time and energy and money. So that got the house ready to rock and roll. Then we dove into, again, getting the numbers dialed. We had as-is comparable sales for properties that weren't fixed up and definitely were in need of some love. And then we knew where it was going to sell on the back end based on those comparable sales as well. So let's talk about some specific numbers. This property, it was roughly a 3,800 square foot home. 
it, it is five bedrooms and four bathrooms. It's a big, nice house and it's an early 2000s build. So structurally, it was really sound. The other good thing about this property is that all the major systems were in good shape. The furnace, the air conditioning, structurally, the sewer scope, everything was in really good shape. So luckily, we didn't have to spend a ton of money on fixing up structural components of the house. We could pour all that rehab budget into the design and the aesthetic of the house. So what we did with this one is we spent, and I'm looking at my notes, we spent 100,335 bucks. So I give those specific numbers to show how detail-oriented we are. We had an initial renovation budget of $95,200. We always do a 10% contingency. So essentially we had roughly 9,500 bucks set aside and we're really attuned to the market. And what we saw was we have this property that we thought it would conservatively sell for $800,000. So that's, again, our ARV, which stands for after repair value, or the end sales price point that we are using to list the property at. There's a handful of properties that have already sold in the last two months, and actually two that have listed that are between $825,000 and $850,000, but they're actually not as nice and not as fixed up as our subject or our client property. So where we're going to do coming out of the gate is we're going to list this at $824,500. So what we did is, yes, we spent about five grand more than our anticipated budget, but we made that decision strategically because A, we saw things coming down the pipeline and selling for more. B, I just felt like the property needed a little bit better and a little bit more curb appeal. So we did a little more landscaping on the front, a little more landscaping on the back, and we upgraded one or two fixtures and finishes. So a little nicer lights and a little nicer faucet package. So we feel like at a minimum, we're always going to try to double and get a better return on investment. So if I spend $5,000, we felt like we could list it for $10,000 more. And in turn, we're actually listing it about $25,000 more. So again, check back. We'll give you the exact dollar amount that we sold this thing for, hopefully within the next 30 days or so. But those are the metrics as of right now. And so in this particular deal, the as-is value is $560,000. And again, that was net, meaning had they sold it for cash, They wouldn't have paid closing costs. They wouldn't have paid commissions to us. They wouldn't have had to fix anything up. That's what would have been their price because a lot of people just actually take the cash offer. But that was our starting point. We put just over $100,000 to fix it up. And then we're now listing it for $825,000. So going from 560 to 825 is a really nice spread. The great news is we were able to complete the renovations in 50 days. So we were able to do brand new kitchens, brand new bathrooms, flooring, carpet, paint, vanities, fixing drywall repairs. There was a bathroom downstairs that needed a lot of love. So we put a lot of money into this, but we were able to get through a big house very quickly because it's got to be, again, a good return. So if the numbers pan out for our clientele, when we split this extra profit and what happens at closing is they do have a mortgage on this one, but they're, they have several hundred thousand dollars in equity in the property. So the cool thing about this is number one on the list is absolutely the most downloaded episode, which we would think is most important to you right now. And it makes sense because it's all about sourcing deals and marketing your business. And what we want is a takeaway, especially a little early on when you're essentially building your real estate investment company 
is find two areas and go really deep in those areas. In my opinion, you should be really committing to six to 12 months worth of marketing in that specific vertical before you start to fan out. So when you're a larger company, when you've got more staff, ideally when you've got more budget, you can do five or six different things. And I think you can juggle those at the same time and you can see which things work. You can, as I, as we say with Doug, my consultant, we turn up the dials on certain marketing avenues. But when you're starting out, really look at the top two ways that you can go deep. And then the big thing is measure your results. Obviously, it's super important. If you don't know where the hell your business is coming from, then who knows whether you should put more money into cold callers, door knocking, direct mail, working with real estate agents, whatever it might be. The other thing is align with not only your interests, but also your skill sets. So good example with us is I, obviously, as you can tell, I like to talk, I like to present, I like to teach. And so for me going out and, and hosting classes and, and doing a podcast and teaching, is great. There's some people that this is maybe their worst nightmare, but they're amazing when it comes to digital marketing. So just pick your lane and pick your runway and, and really match it up with your skill set. And the last thing is be a keen observer of market conditions. Again, what works today might not work tomorrow. So just be really in tune with what's going on and, and be an innovator. There's always new opportunities that come up. They've spent a lot of the marketing money for you. And if you get a good relationship going, they're going to give you consistent deal flow. So either you're going to do all the work and spend the marketing money yourself to potentially get better deals, or they're going to do it for you. You're going to pay a little bit more, but you can focus on other areas of your business. So wholesalers are fantastic. Again, larger wholesalers are, there's companies out there in the Denver market. They're probably in every other market across the country where there is a large staff of licensed real estate agents, and they are writing a tremendous number of offers, whether it's on the MLS or maybe they're doing a ton of marketing and a lot of lead generation so that they can compete on volume. The tough thing there that I always say, especially if you were a newer or a bit more beginning investor, is you've got to be able to make quick decisions. So when you're working with wholesalers, normally the earnest money that you put down, which is your commitment to buy the property, is typically five to $15,000. If it's a traditional transaction and you have the ability to inspect the project and back out if it wasn't what you thought, you can get that earnest money back. But with the wholesaler, you're making typically that commitment on the spot. You're handing over your $10,000 check or you've got your $10,000 wire. And you're essentially saying, I'm either committed to the deal and you hope it's what you thought or it's not. And I've seen people lose their earnest money because they ended up realizing this is not a good deal at all. Super painful to lose $10,000, but it's better than doing a whole flip and losing $30,000, for example. So with bigger wholesalers, there, there's a great place for working with those companies. But in my opinion, you've got to be a lot savvier. You've got to be a lot more experienced and you have to be able to make quick decisions. Just to give you some context, we're right around 80 total flips right now that we've done for us and for our clients over the last seven years. And on average, I only buy maybe one a year from a large wholesaler. That's also because we kind of get outbid by people willing to pay more. So a lot of times you'll get into a wholesale environment where you'll walk the property and there'll be six other investors walking around. And it's almost like the off-market, on-market MLS. And so people are willing to pay more. And that's okay. Just stick to your numbers. Where we like to live is working with smaller wholesalers. And that's even what we do as a company. Once we hit four or five flips at any given time, we typically want to keep our marketing machine going, but we'd rather sell to other investors. And then maybe when we're a little light, we're going to buy from them as well. So that's, again, our reverse top five, if you will, the Ryan Seacrest type of version. So to me, the cool thing about this is the big key takeaways are, is that the mission of Raising the Flipping Bar this year and this episode is going to be giving you the tools, the insights, 
and the inspiration to excel your real estate investment business. So please use this as your home base. Looking forward to season three. Here's some of the cool things that are going to be coming up. More solo episodes. Again, I want to talk about the good deals, the bad deals, the down and dirty, but obviously we're going to talk about the wins. So we're going to have a lot of deal analysis and that's how we're going to cover that subject. Then we're going to do more guest episodes. And so obviously had some great guests on for the first season and the second season. And I think we can absolutely translate that to success in Metro Denver. And then we're going to continue with our uh, series and sessions with Doug Slaybaugh with the CPA coach. So it's all about strategy and growth mindset and driving your business, whether you're a one man or a one woman show, or whether you've got a 50 person company, you can use these tools for success. And again, I heard somebody say it this way, and I thought this was really cool. So it was stay alive in 23 thrive in 2024, and then hopefully crush it in 2025. So thanks for tuning in. We will definitely get you more content here coming up and we'll catch you guys on the flip side. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Raising the Flipping Bar. If you found value in our insights and stories, let's keep the conversation going. Connect with me on social media and be sure to share this episode with friends or colleagues who might benefit. Your feedback and reviews help us grow and reach more listeners like you. So please, if you enjoyed this episode, leave us a review. Thanks again to the Elevation Academy for sponsoring today's show. If you're interested in learning more, click the link in the show notes below. And remember, every property tells a story, every deal brings a lesson. Keep reaching for those goals and we'll catch you on the flip side.